0: Twice as bright, half as long presents Automan, Flashes and Ashes, and the biggest game in town. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this month's edition of Twice as Bright, Half as Long. And uh, we're covering Also Man. We sure are.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> My name's Ian Wilson, still, somehow. And I'm being joined by Mr. Dave Probertz.
2: Hello, listener.
0: <laughs> Quite apt for Also Man.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, here we are. My
0: word. I'm so glad. That by the end of this recording block, Dave, we're, we'll, have, we'll have passed the halfway point.
2: <laughs> the end is in sight. The no, blessed end.
0: Only six more episodes
2: <laughs> before
0: the merciful release of not covering Also Man anymore.
2: What was I thinking? Honestly. I,
0: not you. That. Bloody statistician! Yes, it's true. Who may or may not have been influenced by you. That being said, the second we do another Glen A. Larson show will be a second far too soon. <laughs> I mean, I'll save it until we get to the end of the, the the run of also man. But <laughs> oh,
2: God, my worst thats, that's, that's going to be an epic rant. I feel. <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean, I think this is true of everyone, Dave, but um, I'm so looking forward to
2: 2021. (laughs) Same shit, different number.
0: Well, I'm really hoping it's not the same shit.
2: (laughs) We'd all love that, but, you know.
0: If 2020 replicates itself into another year, then, oh, boy, book me a ticket to the moon. (laughs) This year has been absolute fucking shit. Has it just? Yeah.
2: Anyway, let's crack on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, obviously Dave's in a good mood. Well, um,
2: <laughs> but People listen to us for a bit of escaping. They want to escape this <laughs> horrible thing. They don't want to be reminded of the crushing loneliness.
0: <laughs> okay, then, Dave. What's going great in your life that's making you think all sunshine and rainbows?
2: Uh, I've got i got some new trousers. They're really comfortable. <laughs> excellent. Yeah.
0: excellent. Uh, I'm I'm currently enjoying some annual leave. Excellent. After which is inexplicable after having quite a lot of time off of work this <laughs> during this year. But there we go. And um, I'm, I'm going I'm going to go and see people and get some research done for my my garden. So it will be great. Sounds
2: excellent. I've, yeah. I've got a little Funko Pop Clitus on my desk. It's brilliant. Clitus? <laughs> yes. And what what what's he busy trying
0: to get people to invent?
2: Uh, he, he's busy getting to know Trevor the Adorable Hedgehog at the
0: moment. I see. That- As you do.
2: <laughs> well, he is an adorable hedgehog. <laughs> Is Trevor the
0: adorable hedgehog from something, or literally, you just have an adorable hedgehog? I I just have an adorable
2: hedgehog. It is. Yeah, it's a hedgehog. It's adorable.
0: Euphemism, right? (laughs) So, uh, thanks, Jim. Uh, Right. So, (laughs) without further ado, let's get on to our first episode, which is flashes and ashes. I hope I can find some kind of power
3: source back there. I'm very weak. Ah, just what the doctor ordered. Try not to draw attention to yourself. This is not drawing attention to yourself? No, just current. Ah,
1: What a rush. What did you do to my generator? She's she's broke. What am I going to do? I got a seance some five
3: minutes. I got no special effects. It's a seance, Walter? I have nothing on my program on it. Oh, uh, well, it's kind of hard to explain. It's where people get together and try to contact uh, disembodied spirits. Why do you need a special effects machine?
1: Everybody wants visuals. Too much for a medium working at
3: all. All these people get together for the sole purpose of scaring themselves to death? Oh, this kind of stuff is real popular these days. Psychics, fortune tellers, mediums. You know, they're even using psychic detectives in police work. Really? Do they use special effects machines too, Walter?
1: Well, here goes a big flopola.
0: So then, uh, flashes and ashes. We open at the Glen A. Lawson uh, warehouse, (laughs) which is doubling as an armoury because, crucially... Panther P.I. won't be able to handle automatic rifles.
2: (laughs) I don't remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Just casually describing crime to each other. Mm. (laughs) Well, that's all the automatic rifles loaded up.
0: (laughs) Which is even (laughs) funny, given all of the characters are cops.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So, these three cops... Hey, hey Phil, would you like some of that good drugs? (laughs) Any uh,
0: clarky cat? (laughs) So basically, these three cops who are are defo all up on their weapons lingo um, are loading uh, their their own weapons, it turns out, into a van. But uh, one of their fellow officers, Officer Cooney, um, has been uh, suspicious and uh, decides to uh, hold all three men at gunpoint. Without backup. And um, the, the the fact that they're cops stealing police weapons becomes apparent. And uh, basically, uh, Cooney says, oh, I'm going to throw the book at you. And then a very short gunfight ensues. And Cooney's shot to death. Which uh, must yes. have been a nice <laughs> hour's work for that actor.
2: <laughs> that was just some bloke in the canteen. I mean, we need a cop. Yeah. <laughs> Well,
0: basically, if he had an L in his name, then he could have got through an entire episode of Street (laughs) Hawk.
2: Yes, very true.
0: Roller skates (laughs) and everything.
2: (laughs) Happy Mad Love. (laughs) So uh, the cop's like,
0: Oh, shit, he's dead. Um,
2: (laughs) Probably shouldn't have fired those automatic weapons at him. (laughs)
0: Let's cover our tracks. And so they do so... By blowing up the Glen A. Larson warehouse. <laughs>
2: that's, that's such a child's solution. <laughs> we yep. could just take the body and dump it. No, we'll destroy the entire building <laughs> and run away.
0: Get rid of all forensic evidence by blowing the damn thing up.
2: <laughs> that won't attract attention. <laughs>
0: no. Except it does. Because uh, the next scene is two of our bad cops... Uh, ...known as uh, Lyman and Co... ...are being questioned by uh, Jack Curtis. So
2: I got totally confused because like, Co is spelled C-O-E... ...but everyone kept talking about Lyman and Co... ...and I thought there was like a builder's merchants involved <laughs> or something.
0: It's like low and Chums.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. So they kind of shift the blame onto Cooney as being the thief... ...and that uh, when they heroically confronted him... Two unnamed accomplices just so happened to sneak up behind uh, them with chloroform, um, which meant they uh, fell unconscious and missed the entire thing. Um, and some kind Samaritan passing by dragged them to safety as the building that they were laying in unconscious blew up.
2: I don't know what happened, but there was a panther stood over them, when it was all like...
0: <laughs> the good Samaritan panther dragged them to safety in its teeth slash paws that can open drawers
2: <laughs> There was a panther and a bloke dressed in black on a motorbike <laughs>
0: <laughs> And somehow synth music was playing It's, it's strange <laughs> Either way um, So um, Curtis is called away by uh, the chief um, and, uh, when Curtis gets into the office, uh, we meet, uh, Lieutenant Whitaker of
2: internal affairs, to which my notes say, that's our villain. Oh God. Yes. Like the, the only way they could have announced it anymore, if there you know, was like a literally a gigantic neon sign flashing villain, above <laughs> him. Um, like, even the way he talks, like he, he, he sounds like Matt Berry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I didn't make that connection, but now you mention it.
2: It's like, hello, (laughs) I'm from internal affairs. (laughs) I have a luxurious (laughs) moustache and a fantastic suit.
0: You'll have to hand this over to me. It's an internal affairs matter.
2: Honestly, I am sinister.
0: (laughs) Curtis resists at first, but ultimately hands it over. And then, um, Walter approaches, uh, Curtis, um, who makes his hand before Whittaker and says, oh, well, I actually knew Cooney. We were at the, uh, Academy together. And then, uh, Whittaker kind of, uh, walks up and Walter uses the opportunity to say, hey, I know him. He, he was a good, uh, cop. I, I can't believe he'd do this. To which, uh, Whittaker's like, it's a little late for a character witness,
2: <laughs> That's so, exactly how he says it. So it's nice to
0: it's nice to see that Whittaker is one of those open-minded internal affairs officers.
2: <laughs> Anyone would think he had an agenda.
0: Well, quite. But that can't be right. He can't be our, our villain of the week. That would be silly. <laughs> anyway. Um, so after Whittaker exits stage left... Um, Walter approaches Curtis at uh, his desk and says that um, a, a couple of nights before the uh, incident, uh, Cooney came by to ask for inve- an inventory of the armoury. And Curtis is like, ooh, that, that doesn't work out in his favour. And you uh, should probably tell Whittaker that, because uh, if you don't, you might get done for withholding evidence. Uh, But Wally's hesitant to do so because um, he doesn't think his friend, who we've never seen before and only got Walter's word that he ever was a friend to begin with, doesn't think he did what he was accused of. And his family will, quote unquote, lose everything if he's found guilty. Now, surely the fact that his family have just lost their brother, son, husband, possibly father, who knows... Surely that would be kind of losing everything, but Walter's using the dynamics of, Eve, they might lose out on his police
2: pension. Well, you know, I mean, it, it could be sort of like their only form of income at the moment, if, you know, if she was a stay-at-home mother. True. Because, oh, in fairness,
0: they they have the good grace not to tell us anything about his family. Yes. Other than the fact he has one. Yeah. Well, he kind of asks Curtis for advice. Um, says, look... You know, I, I don't feel right ratting out on a friend and Curtis is like yeah you shouldn't sell out a friend and by the way Walter I consider you a friend All right. yeah.
2: so, so don't sell me out motherfucker
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was the implication he was going for
2: <laughs>
0: so back home uh, Walter summons also man uh, who's been processing data uh, he raises the point of who watches the watchman and um, to which my note is, it's on my queue, for God's sake. I've heard good things about Jeremy Irons. I've just not had time. Don't shame me, 1984 or so, man. <laughs> for God's sake. I wasn't even alive when you made this tacit
2: threat, honestly. <laughs> Ugh. So um, I, I feel you may be reading really a little bit more into that than was maybe intended. Possibly, you, well, uh, <laughs> possibly.
0: Everyone's the hero of their own story, Dave. Very true. So we cut to the autocopter copter, um, and they spot uh, Lyman and Co. Our, our dirty cops uh, meeting at this bar, and uh, they set the copter down. Says, "Should we join them? Oh, that's a capital idea, Watson." I thought you were Watson, Walter. And I'm like, yeah, that that's definitely the power dynamic.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we all thought that also, man.
0: Yeah. No no, no one's thinking this is a show that Walter is running. <laughs> so, uh, Walter actually stopped in entering uh, the bar in his kind of standard form. There's a throwaway line to the fact that I might not be able to do anything because my power is draining low. So it's nice that they've remembered that. And then, (laughs) as women pass by, they think, ooh, you're up! are you going to do magic? And um, so he just uses the fact that they think that to change in front of them into more stylish 80s attire. I guess. With with jeans,
2: which have... (laughs)
0: Auto jeans stitching on the back pocket.
2: Like, Cursor is very brand focused. Yes.
0: It's pretty much <laughs> the bat credit card moment of Awesome Man. <laughs> um, so it's good. To, and I've, I've also got a note. It's good to see they've toned down Cursor's sex pestery. Yes. Given that it's a scene with two women.
2: Indeed. So, again, far, far more worried about uh, also Man's uh, sort of branding. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so in the bar, um, we get uh, the bad cops going into the back. So uh, Walter and also Man follow. Also Man decides to suck power from the generator with, uh, it says in my notes here, worthy discretion. Just kidding, he makes it explode. The woman who is kind of uh, the beneficiary of this power usage, um, who we later find out is called Madame Rousseau, is responsible for the in-house seances at this bar.
2: Yeah, I, I think there's that they generally have like a bunch of magical variety stuff because I think that that's where. Well, why the women are assuming that automan's a magician as well yeah i think I think this place just does like mystical type things it does shows yes yeah yeah ma- magicians mediums that sort of thing which is yeah, obviously lucky for Automan. yeah
0: <laughs> well quite so um he basically uh says oh i i can uh, fix the light show no worries um and then uh, Walter has to explain to him not Not just what a seance is, but uh, paranormal beliefs in general. And how somehow they're used in law enforcement, which gets played out way more than I think is practical. But (laughs) there we go. So we cut to the two bad cops, um, Lyman and co, in a meeting with uh, the man that they made the deal with, whose name is uh, Rolly. And uh, they're like... Ah, we want our cut. And there's a verbal back and forth between them as to what the nature of the deal actually is. And uh, Raleigh says, Well, since uh, you shooting a cop brings down loads of heat on this whole operation, uh, I don't owe you jack. And uh, you you have to do as I say, because basically there's no link to me in all of this. So um, things are pretty tense, but... Um, uh, an, another member of their gang uh, notices that Walter is earwigging at the door and is therefore brought into the room and uh, it's it's damn lucky for Walter that none of the dirty cops seem to need the use um, of computers, otherwise they'd <laughs> they recognise him immediately but uh, that doesn't happen and... I think
2: they'd be more likely to recognise the caretaker I think <laughs>
0: So um, as ever, he's kind of saved by also man, who says that Walter's his assistant, and they're the technical guys behind the seance. And uh, Raleigh says, "Well, show me." So um, uh, Walter is left with his colleagues who don't recognise him, and uh, <laughs> we 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 go and see the seance, and um, we get something akin to Dick Tremaine hosting something at the Great Northern. basically Madame Rousseau has guests across tables join hands uh, to start in the seance and also man basically summons Cursor to make the whole thing seem legit and um, after Cursor provides the kind of uh, uh, appétit also man then kind of apparates in his normal form and uh, the crowd go bananas so uh, rolly is uh, suitably convinced and walter is let go um and as they leave the bar um <laughs> also man is approached for his autograph to which he goes my autograph um <laughs> t- turning on for the, the, the full roger Moore. yep um Again, it's all about the branding. It's all about the branding.
2: Um, <laughs> Curs- Cursor is very, very like, strict about it. it? Right, see got to <laughs> put auto on everything, C. Auto. Auto all, all the way. Well... Quite. Auto jeans. They'll sell by the bucket loader, tells you.
0: Yes, lovely stuff. So, um... Um they, they start to summon the auto car, but uh, Walter can uh, spot Whittaker approaching because apparently he can recognise him by his car. So uh, Automan uh, leaves in the car. Whittaker asks why Wally's there. Wally says, oh, I was just here for the show. Uh, uh, why are you here? That's my business. To which I'm thinking, well... Well, he could just about say the same, but um, a Bond esque response wouldn't really fit his character. True. At all. Uh, so Whitaker wouldn't, you know, just so happens to know Raleigh. And uh, <laughs> because he's the villain. <laughs> and Are you uh,
2: suggested
4: they're in cahoots.
0: <laughs> well, all I'm saying, Dave he quickly sees the link that uh, Walter is established between them and Axis Chemicals. And uh, basically, um, he, he puts two and two together and says, he must have been trailing the cops. And Roy says, well, that's something that you can sort out right. So, um, uh, no, <laughs> as, as it would happen, uh, the very next day, the chief calls uh, Walter into his office and Will, uh, Whittaker grills him on the inventory that uh, Cooney re- requested for, from Walter but was made apparent um, when Walter was kind of picking the brains of Curtis. And Walter admits uh, that, yes, uh, he was uh, following on his own time And Whitaker says, right, you're now a suspect and I'm going to have you indefinitely suspended. So uh, Walter has to hand in his badge and we have him leaving the office and it's a sad moment if you care about the character of Walter Nebisher.
2: I can't watch anybody handing in their badge now without uh, thinking about uh, uh, that scene in Brooklyn Nine-Nine when uh, (laughs) Captain Holt is making Jake... They say like Jake suspended, he goes, Okay, here's my badge. He goes, Well you don't give me the badge. You go down to the service desk, you fill out a form B (laughs) 7251 and they take your badge.
0: Good stuff. I've not seen that particular (laughs) episode, I don't think.
2: There we go. Like he really wants to like Jake really wants to do the movie thing of handing over his badge (laughs) and gun, but but Holt won't let him because that's not the procedure. Um, so from there
0: um, Osman shows up uh, to Walter's house yes I believe so uh, excuse me sorry I just needed to yawn oh fair enough <laughs> that, that wasn't a comment on the episode I'm genuinely tired
2: <laughs> of this series
0: <laughs> trying to keep my powder dry Dave
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm moistening it for you <laughs>
0: That is a phrase I never wanted to hear. <laughs> Dave so the sorry. Moistener probate. <laughs> it's what the ladies call. He has a boxing record of two and four. <laughs> and, uh, so also, man shows up to uh, debunk Yuri Geller because apparently <laughs> he's been uh, delving into psychics and everything and think, you know, you don't need psychic energy to bend a spoon, looky here, and he just kind of melts it on his finger. So whatever science bending a spoon is, it really does show it up as it it is completely pointless. Yes. And I'm not saying Yuri Geller's a fraud, because he could probably afford fairly good lawyers, but I don't understand how he's eked out a career. That's all I'll say. And uh, Automan follows up by saying, um, "Well, I've I've uh, got some data um, provided by the friendly word processor in Whitaker's office, and that uh, crucially, uh, Lyman and Co. the dirty cops uh, were previously <laughs> under investigation, um, but no further action was taken for seemingly." No reason whatsoever. So Walter jumps to conclusion, saying, "Well, this, this, this definitely proves they're in cahoots. I'm going straight to the chief and Curtis, and that will clear my name, because he's an idiot. Uh, because that proves nothing." Uh, so Automan uh, muses to Cursor saying, "Well, Walter's an idiot. It proves nothing, and he's going to get himself in trouble." I know. I'll I'll cover up for him and dress as a federal agent, and so he does.
2: And uh, a curse is like you won't like that, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> he's not going to enjoy it. He's not going to enjoy you doing that.
0: But when has this ever failed before?
2: I know, man. I I, I know you, you have a high success rate in this area. I just think you're going to hurt his feelings.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he won't see it that way. Still, I'll dress as a Fed. And seen. Um, <laughs> so, uh, also, man uh, beats Walter to the police station and holds a meeting with uh, the chief and with uh, Whitaker, and I, I believe Curtis is in there as well. Uh, just to say, uh, he's moved on from computers because that's what Chief and Curtis uh, remember him from. So, I'm now in the kind of uh, psychological aspect of. The FBI and oh, Whittaker, we're we're keeping an eye on you in Washington. Whittaker's like, oh, well, that's it's very flattering, but I plan to be here. I'm actually going to be running from uh, for DA uh, starting this afternoon with my um, the fundraiser at the country club doing some tennis. Uh, come along. So um, Roxanne does all she could, she can to uh, stop Walter. Uh, charging in and making his already perilous situation worse for himself. Um, Which shows Roxanne's real agency, to be honest. Indeed. If if he had done it, he would have been fired. Uh, No two ways about it. (laughs) And then as he um, temporarily makes himself scarce, Whittaker uh, stops by Roxanne's desk and schmoozes and says... uh, Oh, I, I hope you're coming with us. Isn't I've got a few things uh, to do here, such as uh, preparing your speech. Uh, my, my notes are... Well, she doesn't work for Whitaker directly, so that's a bit odd. I'll, I'll,
2: we'll get into what what exactly the hell is Roxanne's job when we start talking <laughs> in the next episode.
0: <laughs> and... Um, again, Wally is kind of fuming, but um, she just says, Look... I I know you don't like him, given the circumstances, but he's he's not actually that bad. Um, so Walter, you know, there's nothing much he can do. So uh, we cut to Walter's apartment brackets night exterior, and uh, he's attacked by uh, two masked thugs, um, who just so happen to be Lyman and Co. We then cut to the DA launch day exterior.
2: That's... I want to say again, but uh, during the fight, Walter doesn't do too badly. He is overpowered, yes, but like he isn't sort of like useless, which he, you know, he gets, seems he gets out of keeping and...
0: for his character. But he does hold his own. I agree.
2: Yeah, and, but like yeah, we I mean, we saw that in one of the episodes last month as well. That yes. He got into a fight and he was like he he was getting a bit um bit handsy, which kind of makes it. I mean, if the guy's been trained as a police officer. Yeah. Well, not just as a computer expert, but as a police officer. Which again, just seems to be a bit confusing about <laughs> <coughs> what is Walter's history. Because Isn't he supposed to be working with the FBI as a computer expert for the department? Yes. But now he's talking about being at the police academy with a cop. Is like, what? I mean, clearly he,
0: he was always a, a policeman, but the titles kind of imply that he was busted down into computing. Whether or not he just so much as happened to have a natural aptitude aptitude for it as will be covered in the forthcoming Hey an Actor for Superman 3. And (laughs) Richard Pryor's knack of computer programming. Indeed. To an alarming extent. Or whether or not it was a kind of secondary degree or even a, a, a specialism and then he decided to join the police force. And something happened in the Chiefs, like, I don't see you as a street cop. You may <laughs> you may think all you know is the streets, but I see you as a computer jockey, so get down there. I mean, maybe one of the, the, the last few episodes will shine a light on that, but um, until then,
2: <laughs>
0: flashes and ashes. So, uh, day exterior, we have the uh, DA... Uh, launch for Whitaker and um you know he's, he's playing people uh, at tennis and uh, raising funds that way and um also man shows up at the court says um oh yeah well, I'll, I'll i'll challenge you it won't just be kind of like a thousand dollars for a game uh, it will be um or for a round it'll be uh, let, let's play for the the pot of winnings you've already got, which is twenty-five grand, so um, Whitaker's bemused, but he, he goes through with it, and uh, naturally, Automan Man cheats uh, by using cursor, and uh, <laughs> uh, so there's all kinds of implausible moves um, that leads to Whitaker losing the match. Uh, the first time he tries to respond to uh, a, a kind of serve return. Uh, the ball just uh, drops to the, the ground, to which he says, The ball stopped dead. And Otterman's like, Oh, that's backspin for you, old boy. Um, <laughs> Again, getting his Roger Moore on. Absolutely. And so this, it's all in the wrist. Pure
2: Roger, <laughs> this is a pure Roger Moore in James Bond move. It really to, is. To be uh, t- t- turning up and ruin somebody's um, special. <laughs> Special events.
0: But they've rigged, <laughs> but they lose yeah. anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a classic Roger Moore Bond move.
0: It's, it's Kamal Khan in Octopussy all over again. Yeah,
2: it. that's exactly what I was thinking of quite specifically was Kamal. It's all but, in the uh... rest.
0: <laughs> so to speak, Mr. Bond, you filthy bastard. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so throughout the game, not only is Osman awesome getting the upper hand... Um, He's also confronting Whitaker with the fact that uh, Lyman & Co had previously been uh, investigated by him and it was never disclosed and that uh, the original file was in fact deleted but he'd had access to the backup file. Um, So uh, just, just to put the icing on the cake, Walter shows up with his bruised face saying ''Yeah, and those guys attacked me.'' So, uh, ultimately, Whitaker loses, and we cut back to the bar uh, where Whitaker is sitting with all of the, the kind of main cast. And he's like, OK, yes, I did investigate Lyman and Co. beforehand, but um, I, uh, cl- I closed, in inverted commas, the case uh, to make them feel they were off the hook uh, so that they can lead me to something bigger. And thanks to Walter getting involved... That's been completely scuppered. So now I'm going to file criminal charges against him. Um, so the move hadn't quite worked as intended. And, um, you know, Otto and the Chief and Roxanne are, are kind of pessimistic about uh, Walter's options. So he storms off for a, a perceived lack of lack of support. also man catches up with him. He's like well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about to be fired and I'm going to be charged with criminal conduct and put on a, a hit squad list. Twitch which man's like, you're angry. We can discuss this on the way home. Um, and <laughs> so, so they do in the car and Walter's bemoaning I've lost my job, my girl, parentheses, he's not had any designs on Roxanne since the pilot. And um, <laughs> my reputation as the police computer nerd whom everyone despises. Um, awesome Man formulates a strategy based on VHS footage of Walter shot of Cooney back in their academy days uh, during a uh, drug bust. And uh, Walter uh, kicks off the plan by going to the cop garage and plants the idea in Lyman and Co's head that Whitaker will actually dispose of them and uh, suggest that they confront uh, him themselves, because he has nothing to lose. So Lyman & Co. approached the club that night. Walter, uh, again with Automan dressed up as a Fed, alerts Curtis, who um, is not only going along with this, despite his colleague being indefinitely suspended, um, but also has some backup available. Uh, Rolly has been meeting with uh, Whittaker and confirms that the arms will be sold that night. And that the uh, best idea is for Lyman and Co. to be disposed of, with the deaths being played as admissions of guilt. So, with Lyman and Co. um, being announced as having arrived, uh, Rolly basically says, Right, it's on you, Whittaker, do, do what you need to. So, um, he meets them at a table as one of them tries to back out of everything. Um, and when Whitaker questions them as to what's making them jumpy, um, it's noted that they've spoken to Walter and Whitaker dismisses what he fed them. But then has to grimace as also awesome man, uh, again having fucked up the generator of the club, uh, chi- <laughs> cheerily greets them and... And uh, says, oh, no, I, I can't sit with you. I've got a table already. And gestures over to Wally, um, who, who gives him a kind of uh, meek wave. And uh, all the while, Pat Benatar's Love is a Battlefield is playing.
2: Because <laughs> we've got the
0: licence for it. We're going to work it to the death. Well, quite. Um, so the seance then begins. And um, we've also been on the sidelines... Um, cursor plays his role and um, they set into sequence a hologram of Cooney as Jacob Marley
2: <laughs> yeah, not knowing the underplayed
0: <laughs> that's for damn sure so one of them yells it was Whitaker's idea and flees and the other being American attempts to shoot Cooney again um, and because of is american um he is shot or is sh- shooting is it, like someone gets shot as they run out of the the bar do everyone I can't ma- tell
2: if it's lyman or co
0: yeah well it's it's not lyman cuz lyman's the one who's apprehended after the the cop chase
2: Right, but it must but be Cove. Bear then.
0: in mind, there are three of them in all, except they only give, bother giving characters to two of them. I have to assume one of them is the, the third man. It's Orson Welles. Why not? <laughs> um, so, anyway, Orson uh, Man and Wally uh, cut out Whittaker and Rolly's escape. And um, Whittaker decides that rather than... Um, Submit himself to the mercy of Rolly and his organised uh, crime gang. He agrees to go in the autocopter as Rolly is arrested. And uh, the autocopter chases down the last of the, the dirty cops, which is Lyman. And um, the backup squad surround him and he's stopped. There's an end-explanatory scene. Wally is reinstated and gets actual praise from the chief. There is no O oh, Orco okay moment, but it's relatively tame, so I didn't yeah. feel the need to recap it properly. So um, <laughs> that is flashes and ashes. What were you thinking, Mister Proberts? Um, it's all right, I guess.
2: I mean, like this was a dumb.
0: slog to watch.
2: <laughs> like there was there was some there were some bits I enjoyed, like Auto Man playing tennis and Cursor being the ball. Yes. Was Actually, raised a couple of titters out of me. Yeah. I, I, I won't deny. I mean, maybe I was tired. Maybe I was. Just, I don't know. Maybe I was just vulnerable to to that <laughs> style of comedy at that time.
0: It does help but that I, Auto Auto-Man was in full anyone for tennis kind of mode. Yes, Let's <laughs> backspin, old boy.
2: <laughs> and it had also um, the fact that Automan is has said that he's working as the for the FBI's new psychic unit. Mm. And the fact that the chief doesn't question why the psychic unit is here yes. on this particular case, like, <laughs> right. all right, fine, defensive sent psych- the psychic unit down. All right, then, for this whatever.
0: internal affairs matter.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite nice to see also sort of jazzing up the mediums act. <laughs> yes,
0: that it was. It was good fun. Again, I, I didn't realise, perhaps just because um, it's not something that Larson's gone to the well with before, that uh, seances were so big as kind of stage shows in the in the
2: 80s. Uh, yeah, I think there was a bit of a craze for it at the time. Yeah. like yeah, I mean, like, In sort of the late 70s, there was a lot of sort of like, um, was it Doris Stokes or something like that? There was a quite famous medium and yeah. I mean, there's still kind of like bits of it that go on now, even though it's you know, obviously a scam. But like, but yeah, in the 80s, there was like a proper surge in it.
0: And there was kind of a boom in the, the early millennium as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I was just thinking in kind of like dinner restaurants, it's, it struck me as a bit weird.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's lots of things that go on in them sort of like 70s and 80s kind of bars and stuff, which you look at now and you're like, really? Yeah. <laughs> And just, what, this just, actually happened.
0: Just just wait until we get to the inevitable stables episode of Auto Man.
2: <laughs> where Cursor where makes a horse and raises all sorts of ethical questions about creating life. <laughs> the modern <laughs>
0: Prometheus. <laughs> cursor. <laughs> I'm going to make
2: you a horse. <laughs> I've, I've just decided that's what Cursor sounds like now. <laughs> you have. <laughs> yeah it's kind of getting increasingly more like the plot has to because also man is quite autonomous at this point and quite capable of just vaguely himself in with the police department like it's like the plot has to make the story with Walter more personal just to keep him involved because otherwise why is he even there yeah like, there's like there's no computer element to the crime uh yeah not not especially no no it's a Also, Man is, like, you know, inveigling himself into the investigation. So, without sort of the fact that Walter knew the guy, he'd have no reason to be involved. It could just be... I think, like, um, I mean, in the next episode, obviously, there's a bit more call for Walter's involvement. But still, with each episode that passes, Also Man seems to be increasingly capable of just handling this shit on his own. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, with this one... becoming increasingly redundant.
0: In this one, Walter kind of derps his way into getting suspended... Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes. <laughs> it's like,
4: if
0: he didn't involve himself on the, the the idea that, you know, Amalgamous family might lose everything after, after physically losing their relative, that's why he feels the need to kind of look into it a bit closer. It very nearly costs him everything. Yep. I mean, not his girl, because, again, Roxanne is not his girl. Right. Um... But not his reputation because he doesn't have one. But <laughs> just—I mean, just the fact that—I mean, yes, he's sticking up for a, a friend, which is is obviously very good, um, and trying to do the decent thing. And you do have the computer aspect in trying to um, find the missing piece of evidence. Which had seemingly been deleted, but uh, thankfully there are backup files, uh, which actually puts Whitaker on the back foot and kind of starts with a downward spiral uh, from there. That being said, summoning Banquo's ghost was <laughs> quite the feat. <laughs> so I, I, I will say that I, I like the, the basic premise of the episode. It's just the fact that Walter can be so insufferable. But sometimes you're like Yeah I'm glad you're being fitted up. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> again because you know, I, I wanna see Auto Man forcing the villains, not Auto Man and his keeper, Vincent Nebucher. Because <laughs> you know, it it's not gonna go well for them on an ice flow at the very end. Indeed. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's no power in the, the Arctic Circle. <laughs>
2: And also just the fact that like Walter sort of says, "Oh yeah, he, he wanted to know about the you know, the warehouse inventory," and uh, I told him I didn't ask why. <laughs> 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 oh, what's, what's, what's that internal affairs are kicking around? Oh dear. <laughs> it's like, well, sometimes it takes a long
0: time, so that's why I did it unauthorized. Um, it, talk about making your bed there, Walter.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you. I.
0: It's like, this is this is an episode that makes me sympathise with the chief. Because <laughs> I know you're not meant to, but at the same time, Walter is way out of his depth in doing all the wrong things, dis- yep. despite having like proper advice from Curtis. Because Curtis is like, you no, know, you you really should kind of um, let internal affairs know, you know what what the thing is, just to keep your nose clean. But isn't that selling out a friend? Well, if you put it like that, then of course it sounds bad, Walter. (laughs) But still, I mean, what are the chances that this internal affairs man with great hair and a moustache is going to be evil? It's the 1980s.
2: The the fact that the internal affairs man is driving around in a Porsche 911.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On a cop's salary.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, that's not raising red flags for anybody. Like, like internal affairs are like the celebrity sexy cops? <laughs> oh. So ooh, internal affairs, you say? I, I haven't done my hair. <laughs> oh, what's the name
0: of um, Gene Hunt's nemesis?
2: Oh, uh, Litten.
0: Lytton, yeah, because I know Litt- <laughs> I know Litten wasn't internal affairs, yeah. but it's that kind of swagger.
2: Yes, <laughs> very much. Yeah. Oh, that's... It just reminded me what he looks like. He looks like Ray Purchase from Toast of London. (laughs) Uh, Ray bloody Purchase.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, I I mean, apart from the fact that by a million to one shot, it just so happens that the person Walter doesn't actually like turns out to be the villain. (laughs) It's like if if it weren't for that fact, he'd be completely in the
2: wrong. And yeah, it's just like like you said, there's, there's some bits, like the auto man bits, as ever, are pretty good because, like, again, just carried along by the sheer weight and force of Chuck Wagner's personality. Yeah. But like the rest of it is just sort of like, like you said, Walter's not particularly engaging. The guy who plays Jack, I'm, I'm starting to think he's asleep through half of these things, mate. <laughs> yeah.
0: Work smart, not hard. Well, yeah. <laughs> to, qu- to quote the great. Sportsman Randall Keithorton.
2: Yes, but <laughs> like he—he's like just so ridiculously laid back. Never stressed about anything. Like he's practically. Like I'm just assuming they, they gave him the money and just like fine, I'll turn up. <laughs> I'll turn up. I'll read the lines. I'll go home.
0: Fine, fine. I'll turn up. Speak the lines. Collector check.
2: Because most of the time, he just doesn't look like he gives a shit at all. Well, given the material. True. I'm not saying I blame him, but, like... You, know, it, like,
0: you think he should be I, a bit more professional?
2: Well, you know, like Chuck Wagner's reading the same script. He's bringing his A game, is all I'm saying. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. But then he's, he's the star. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the success—the successful failure of the show—is going to in part rest on his shoulders. So he feels the responsibility.
2: Well, considering the actor who plays Jack, whose name temporarily escapes me, like, um, like he, he gets an and credit, I, I believe. Yes. You know, like yeah, you know, somebody getting an and credit—that's you. Know, you're meant to be a bit, bit further up the acting chain of command. Well,
0: I, I think that's more just down to experience. To be fair. Because according to Wikipedia, um, okay, I don't recognise the films, but he'd had uh, roles in Star Trek, The the Twilight Zone, Murder She Wrote, you know, all. Yeah, he was
2: definitely like a character actor
0: and stuff. Therefore, the the Yang credit, clearly.
2: Yeah, which means he should be better than this.
0: (laughs) 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 Yes. But then again I recently re-watched a clip about um uh, uh Christopher Reeve being interviewed about Marlon Brando it's just... oh yeah <laughs> so he should be better than this he should be giving back but he's he's just lazy but did you have an enjoyable time working with him no, <laughs> no. he's a dick <laughs> oh yeah absolutely he is
2: You had to write lines on a baby's nappy. I remember, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's like, what?
0: He's a lazy, entitled mercenary. Yes. Or was, he's now dead.
2: I can't help but feel that as we're besmirching the memory of Marlon Brando, we've possibly reached the end of discussion on this episode. Do you you want me to besmirch someone else? Um, Orson Welles? I, I was going to suggest we listen to the orgs' feedback. Oh, right. That's, whole, that's a better idea. The wholesale besmirchment.
0: That's a better idea. Less <laughs> less libellious. Okay, well, here is we, we have episode specific feedback from the orgs. Uh, so, this is what they've got to say about flashes and ashes.
4: Hello, chaps. Hello. We have some feedback for flashes and ashes.
5: Yeah. I actually enjoyed this one, I don't know whether it's, I've just gone mad, Um, it's the amount of alcohol I've drunk, I'm not sure, but I liked
4: this. It was surprisingly competent, wasn't it? (laughs) It it was,
5: it it was, yes, I mean, okay, part of it was a sort of fairly stereotypical plot in that there's a guy and he's, you know, they're making out he's a bad cop and his friend believes him, you know, you, you get that a lot of the time and he's got to prove his innocence and, and
4: the corrupt DA is so obviously corrupt. Oh, but I know. Yeah, yeah. He may as well be tw- twirling his moustache, really. Yeah, but
5: yeah. And the tennis stuff was cheesy as fuck. But you wouldn't <laughs> normally deal with, you know, police corruption in a in a sort of pub that does seances.
4: That was what, yes, made this episode stand out. Was the whole <laughs> psychic stuff. <laughs> And you thought the woman doing it would be more shocked than she was actually achieving some sort of, you know, (laughs) results.
5: (laughs) Well, no, because the auto man said he wrote the words, so I presume that she was in on it.
4: Ah, presumably, yes.
5: Yeah. (laughs) And, ah, when when he puts his jeans on and he writes auto jeans on the R.
1: (laughs) Fucking
4: hell.
5: And then he can do spoon bending. And that, that lieutenant guy, and she's describing this guy, and, and he's he's all coming on to him. He's a fucking cheese wanker, isn't he? The way he's com- he's coming on to Roxanne, and he's just all, you know, I wouldn't be a party without you. It's just yeah. like, oh, fuck off. It's interesting, you know, talking about the backup memories. Yeah, they would be more helpful if they worked when you'd forgotten to back up, though, wouldn't they? Mm. As a, As a rule, but yeah, fair enough. Tennis stuff. I mean,
4: oh! <laughs> At least the shorts, but tiny short no, shorts. No, no,
5: that's true. We he had wasn't... a lucky escape there. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't get to see him in Picard shorts. Yeah. No, that's that is something. Yes, but overall, I mean, just the way they dealt with this was just so
4: surreal, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I found it amusing. Yeah, no, it was, it was entertaining. It was, which comes as a surprise. But there we go.
2: Well, there we go. they a, a lot more positive than we were. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: Yeah. Good. Fine. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm pleased somebody enjoyed it. (laughs) If
0: only for the sartorial choices with regards to tennis wear.
2: Indeed. (laughs) Right, shall we uh, move on to the next episode then?
0: That sounds like a plan.
2: (laughs) It's time to play the biggest game in town.
0: You don't have to raise
3: your voice, Walter. I'm perfectly capable of perceiving your needs. Then why? Did it ever occur to you that I might have needs too? What? Don't you think I have feelings? Otto, you're a hologram. With electronic perceptions, including discernment, you've even given me likes and dislikes. Sure, after all, I made you like everything I like. That was a little closed-minded of you, don't you think? There might be some perfectly good things out there that I'm missing because of your own bias. Otto... I'm not biased. Then why is it that I only like blondes? Otto. There are some very attractive brunettes out there. Otto. And they do nothing for me because you... Otto, we have work to do. (sighs) Very well. On to the matter at hand. I've interfaced with the various computers that have been taken over, and the poor things are in terrible trouble. They're not the only ones. What's the solution? The computers don't even have their memories. All they could tell me was they must do what they're doing, but they can't remember why. You mean they've been programmed not to divulge the source of their programming? Exactly. Great. Otto, I hate to say this, but we may be up against opponents who know even more about computers than than I do. Certainly not more than I. All of my relatives are computers. That's not necessary, Walter. This one's for me. For you? I've told my friends that should they receive any more unusual new programming, they should notify me immediately. This call is from the L.A. Flood Control Authority. We'll be in touch.
0: And now on to our second episode, The Biggest Game in Town, uh, for which
2: I hand over to Mr. Probert. Thank you, Mr. Wilson. Our story begins in the Pandemonium Disco, which is um, appears to be some sort of strip club. Yes. And we see the bomb squad wheeling out a bomb. Jack and Roxanne arrive. Jack introduces himself to the bomb, squ- bomb squad and introduces... Officer Caldwell. Yeah, I noticed that. To which I wrote in my notes, "Wait a minute, Roxy is a cop."
0: Well, she's employed by the police service,
2: but yeah, I, I was a bit surprised myself because, like, the the way she's been written up till now, like, it's like she's been like the captain's sort of like PA or secretary, you secretary
0: know? or assistant, yeah.
2: Yeah, there's been no indication that she works in law enforcement whatsoever. And the so story's just like, hold the phone. She could have been promoted off screen. I think, yeah, could well have been. But yeah, I'm sure like you, it kind of caught me by surprise. Oh, yeah, because I didn't expect it, certainly. Yeah. So uh, Jack is telling the bomb squad how to do their business. <laughs> Because uh, they, they, they found like a, a bomb that's kind of. Uh... It was in a pretty obvious place, and he's like, Have you diffused it? And like, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. This <laughs> does <laughs> <laughs> play in later. No, yeah, it does play in later, but like, just like <laughs> the bomb squad are wheeling out a bomb, and the cop's going, oh, Have you diffused it? Like, no, no, we've not diffused it. We're just wheeling around the live bomb, <laughs> and it's still ticking. Hello, everyone. This is what a bomb looks like. Like, yeah, no, we haven't done the one thing you've called us here to do. <laughs> this is why we get paid the big bucks. Yeah. He's like, oh, t- check it out for forensics. It can tell us some stuff about the bomb maker. Really? Could it? I mean, I wouldn't know that having worked in bomb disposal all my fucking career. Yep. So, no, I, I can see the like, the yeah, the bomb disposal people just getting really shitty with Jack Curtis. <laughs> oh, and you say this is a
0: an officer, is it? Yeah. Why have I never seen her at a crime scene before?
2: <laughs> so um, they're um, looking to see uh, to talk to the owner of the club, who um, yeah, like the way she's introduced to stuff. Yeah, you know, I thought she was going to be a bigger part of the plot, but no. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so hello, I'm yeah, I'm Sam Maroney. <laughs> Didn't they throw acid in Harvey Dent's face? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm the owner of the club. My name's Sa- Samantha Moroni. People call me Sam. Last we ever see ever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if this was Street Hawk, she'd be a major supporting character.
2: Exactly. I mean, like, yeah. Like, When somebody is introduced like that in an 80s show, I expect them to turn up for at least half of it. But, like, anyway, just as he's introduced, there's a big power cut that hits the west side of the city. There's immediate looting. <laughs> it's just like the person you cut to after the uh, the blackout is stock footage of people looting places.
0: Oh, Los Angeles. Never change. Yep.
2: <laughs> and uh, there's, there's a bunch of people at a, uh, a hotel that's not on the west side of LA where there is a computer convention happening.
0: <laughs> the E3 of its day.
2: Indeed. And... Um, there's a group of people gathered together, like three, like two men and a woman. Uh, the, the main thing I noticed is that, is that one of the men is played by the guy who plays Johnson in RoboCop. Yeah, that's too. immediately what I recognised as well. And then, discovering later on, he, his character in this is also called Johnson. So I choose, to, <laughs> I I choose to accept now that Auto Man is part of RoboCop canon. <laughs> well,
0: what was so interesting to me when I, I watched this it, is like, this actor is known for his role as Johnson in. RoboCop 3, RoboCop and RoboCop 2. Surely that's not the right order.
2: (laughs) Maybe it's in the order of where he's got the most dialogue.
0: Maybe. I've only seen the first RoboCop. I've I've been wary to watch the sequels.
2: Yeah, they're not
0: great. Well, I've heard Frank Miller was involved, so that immediately put me on edge.
2: Yeah, there's, uh, there's reason enough. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, if if you've literally got nothing else to watch and just want to put on something you don't necessarily have to concentrate much on, then by all means throw a <laughs> Robocop sequel on.
0: But that but, sounds so... Considering how amazing the first movie is.
2: Oh, yeah, no, it's a massive come down. Yeah. Like it, it completely fails to understand what made the, what made the first <laughs> film so good. Oh, well. Anyway,
0: <laughs> moving on. So Johnson from OCP is there.
2: Yeah. As is, a woman called Ellie, and a guy whose name, it turns out, we find out is Tilson. Mr. Tilson. Yes. And Tilson says, oh, yes, it was all gone to plan at 7.57am, the computer shut down the power grid, and Johnson's chuckling away, going, oh, they must be sort of losing their minds.
0: So this is basically kind of Automan's version of Columbo.
2: Yes, it's I guess. Like, here's
0: <laughs> our villains... Now, can we identify them and stop them?
2: Well, because it turns out that Walter is there because it's a computer show, so of course he would be. And he's at the the, um, display stand of evil where the evil people are working. And he knows (laughs) Johnson socially. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Automan decides to appear, but obviously decides to do it discreetly, so shows up in in the screen of one of the um, arcade (laughs) machines.
0: Well, moreover, Cursor is uh, less than discreet.
2: Yes. (laughs) But
0: then that's Cursor for you.
2: Hey, pal, he wants to talk to you. (laughs) The boss. The boss wants a (laughs) white.
0: I I never thought Joe Pesci would be working for... (laughs)
2: Yes. Also, a man <laughs> says he's getting a chance to visit a friend as well by appearing into uh, in, in the arcade machine. So essentially, we're in Wreck-it Ralph territory here. Yes. Uh, but sorry, all, I say um... that having not watched Wreck-it Ralph. <laughs> so uh, also, a man tells Walter that uh, there's been a blackout on the west side that says that he's going to be needed. So uh, when Walter gets to headquarters, a message has appeared on the police computer and several other the sort of city's computers. Saying that the blackout was just a sample of what they what they can do, and they're demanding ten million dollar ransom. And uh, Walter comments that, the, that he he can't use the police computer; he's been locked out of it. So, uh, in a relevant <laughs> relevant case, like the captain puts Walter in charge of being the computer expert. He says, "Right, Walter, you're yeah. in charge of his case," and, and Walter takes charge of it. So says, that's right, refreshing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So it's all kind of relevant stuff. Walter's yeah. sort of saying, right, well, we need to track down who has the ability to do this, and obviously we can't use computers to do that. So asks uh, Roxanne to do some sort of legwork and research into sort of who's worked on the city computer system and who could who could do this sort of thing. So um, <laughs> Automan appears at his home, and uh, call, he calls Walter out on his programming, says that he's uh, he's programmed Automan with his own biases. <laughs> <laughs> he says, like, he only likes blondes. Like, Walter clearly likes blondes, so he's programmed Auto with a preference for blondes, which Auto has a problem with because he says there's lots of very nice brunette people out there. Now... This
0: is fascinating. Is this the line I was meant to pick up upon? No. Right, not. I completely missed the line I was meant to pick up upon. OK. I'd I'd, I'd ring-fence this one.
2: But th- th- this is also worth discussing. <laughs> It's a throwaway line that throws yes. up all sorts of things about sentient ethics. Yes. Automan <laughs> knows that he's had his preferences programmed, so he knows that he feels a certain way about certain people yes. because of the program that he's been given, but also knows that it's wrong.
0: I mean, gentlemen might prefer blondes, but that doesn't mean Automan has to. Yes.
2: Yes. And so he's kind of, even though he knows he has these preferences, he's rebelling against them. Yes. <laughs> and in order to forge his own individuality. And Walter Nebuchadnezzar is enslaving him, damn it.
0: <laughs> that that ice flow is getting nearer and nearer.
2: Yeah, like this, like this is Star Trek levels of computer sentience. <laughs> yeah. This, this, this is the sort of thing Captain Picard has a trial over. <laughs>
0: Okay, I laughed out of ignorance there, but, um...
2: yeah, but there's an entire episode where they, there's a trial determining Data's status as a sentient life form, or is he property of Starfleet? I see. And was it handled well? Uh, it was. It was actually, yeah. It's like, it goes. It's called um, uh, "The Measure of a Man." It's, um, it's. It's considered one of the sort of best, better early season episodes. Okay. Like, like, because uh, basically, there, there's a bloke who wants to kind of replicate Data, but in order to do that, he wants to take basically take Data to bits and do a, do a procedure which Data doesn't think he's qualified to do. And
0: Picard's on trial for that.
2: No, no, he's 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 defending Data, so right. he, he's counsel for Data, making Data's case that, uh, okay because because Data is like chooses to resign from Starfleet rather than follow the order to report to this guy, at which point they try to. Starfleet tries to pull the well. You can't resign because you're not an autonomous being. You're, ah, you're, you're pro- right. You're property of you're, you're a machine and therefore property of Starfleet. Okay, sounds interesting. And so that's where Picard has to go to bat for a, basically um, Data's rights as a as a life form. Yeah. And so this is where things are starting to drift with automation, and, and yet they don't seem to understand that. Like they're writing this stuff as throwaway jokes, but it's actually just... My <laughs> God, this is getting really deep.
0: <laughs> it's like if you were to forensically examine Also Man, and even though that's technically our job, yes, <laughs> it's, it's probably not worth doing. But at the same time, there are very good ideas in there that seemingly yeah. get explored elsewhere.
2: Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's just like, God, just drill down into this. This would have been amazing.
0: (laughs) As it is, chase Johnson's friend around. (laughs) As he threatens to blow up, I don't know, a a dam.
2: So basically, Automan has been talking with the city's computers. Yes. And has essentially said, um, like, the computers know that they're being... Told to do things which are against their programming, and then and then not being allowed to remember who's telling them to do it. Yeah. So he's essentially told any, all the computers to call him if any of them feel like they're being interfered with. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Phrasing, <laughs> but yes. So no, I'm, I'm aware of the choices of words I'm using. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the phone does ring. The automaton goes, "Yes, that'll be for me." <laughs> And it's the flood control computer who calls to say it's being interfered with. Right. So uh, the cops go to the dam, and uh, everything ap- initially appears quiet and nothing's happening. But then alarms start going off, and, and the floodgates literally open. And uh, so Jack goes to try and find the uh, the manual control for uh, the main valve, <laughs> the major the main shut off valve, which is labeled like it's in a bat in Batman sixty six. <laughs> It's a big wheel with just like main valve in huge letters next to it <laughs> <laughs> so um automan uh, gets there first and manages to shut it off in time so uh they've the uh, blackmailers have said that they want uh, an agreement to their demands met by the evening news the evening news comes on and there's no mention of it and uh yeah all the like the power cuts being Passed off as an accident and there's no mention of the stuff At uh, at the dam So Tilson and Tilson Johnson and Eddie are Upset about this and saying that there's uh, Nothing on the news So Tilson decides he's going to um, Set up a secondary suspect to keep the police Off their tail So uh, the computers get unlocked And Walter uh, starts To search for who could be sort of their person And comes up with the Very plausibly named Gregorius Macropolis Yes who's apparently a big computer criminal. Roxanne says, well, that's great. Sort of the perfect suspect dropped right into our laps. And Walter's like, yes, didn't he? A bit too
0: perfect.
2: So uh, they decide to go um, and investigate further. So also a man goes undercover as a nerd (laughs) at the computer convention. (laughs) Where he says hello to all his computer buddies. (laughs) It, it, it does. It does say in my notes here. Automan glad handing arcade machines like Frank Sinatra at a nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> so, like that scene from yeah, yeah, the, the long tracking shot from Goodfellas when you see Ray Liotta saying yeah, Hello yeah to yeah. everybody in the game. yeah, that's Auto Man at this computer show.
0: Yeah, it's slightly sure, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I get what you mean.
2: <laughs> so uh, Tilton is introduced to Walter by Johnson. Uh, Walter kind of vaguely recognises the name but can't sort of place him Johnson says he's uh, uh, not really um, sort of like um, into what's going on Automan tells him that the Zaxxon machine is a narc and has (laughs) told him that uh, (laughs) has has told him it's been keeping an eye on sort of the people on the convention centre and says that uh, Ellie Johnson and Tilson have been behaving oddly (laughs) <laughs> so expect the Zaxxon machine to get shivved Because snitches get stitches. Yes. <laughs> God damn knock. <laughs> Fucking Zaxxon, man. So uh, Roxanne um, calls Automan on Automan's car phone, which apparently she has the number to. Yes. <laughs> and says that the police computer's sprouting out um, like more demands. Walter says he's nearer to his home computer, so he'll stop there and... See if you can work out what's going to be happening next. So, um, they deduce that they're going to be attacking the uh, Los Angeles airport computer. LAX. Yep. Which Automan is very excited about because he's been watching The High and the Mighty, which is like, from what I can make out, like a John Wayne disaster movie, which is kind of like Airplane, where he sort of lands a... having to land a plane at the last minute.
1: Yeah.
0: This would then be stolen for uh, Die Hard 2.
2: Yes. (laughs) So um, they discover that uh, Tilson was uh, fired for overspending because he designed designed multiple um, city computer systems, worked on the computer system for LA and was uh, fired for overspending and accused of uh, embezzling. Uh, Walter calls Johnson and uh, Automan puts the wind up him and says he's like a federal agent and gives gives him a number. So, uh, meanwhile, in a completely blank room that is failing to pass itself off as an air traffic control centre, <laughs> <laughs> the captain and Roxana sort of uh, wandering up and down, and it's like, there doesn't appear to be anything wrong. And they're, um, yeah, you know, like Roxana's calling and saying, "Like all the computers check out, everything's fine." Uh, in the auto car, Automan has changed into his uh, dashing flight uniform, which, again, isn't used at any point, but he just wanted to wear a uniform, which is fair enough.
0: Yeah. Fair fucks to him. Because w- once he got there, he'd be able to wear it and look authoritative.
2: Yes. So uh, Automan intercepts the air traffic control radar systems. And, again, everything does seem fine. Uh, Johnson calls Automan on, on the phone number he gave him and says that... Uh, Everything is going to look normal, but they've altered everything so it looks like the planes are uh, far apart, but they're actually on a collision course. So, um, in order to uh, stop this from happening, the autocar turns into the auto plane, and they go off to the uh, to the airport to intercept it. They manage to sort of uh, fly the auto plane at one of the planes, so it has to change course, so that kind of saves it. And then everyone remarks.
0: I don't know what that was, but it definitely
2: saved it. And then the captain says that the computer is bollocksed.
0: <laughs> That's the line, is it?
2: Yep. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I
0: did note that down. <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> well, the computer's bollocksed. What? <laughs> what? I, I did actually have to look this up because th- there is an alternative spelling of bollocks, Right. Which is B O D. Double L-I-X-E-D. I-X. Like, really...
0: Okay. Yeah,
2: bollocks is b o double l i x, which apparently is in more popular parlance in the states. Well, I've never heard it before anywhere. But like, yeah, that, does it mean that's the same what... thing? Um, essentially, but like, it's <laughs> you know, it's that kind of weird thing when you hear American, like an American TV show using British swear words, and oh, they don't yeah. really care. Like, 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 American TV shows love using the word wanker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just like, the computer's what now? Right. So, Becky Lynch was never swearing all those times. Indeed. So, I, 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 I'm going to drop a clip of it in right here, so everybody can hear this. It. Not just me. He <laughs> says, the computer is bollocks.
1: Okay. The computer is bollocks.
2: Right, see? You heard that. It's bollocks. <laughs> the computer's bollocks, then. Oh, there we go! Right, right, right up the bollocks.
0: <laughs> up the bollocks, yes. Up the, right up it. I'm not entirely sure how that works, but then <laughs> it's it's not a preference of mine. Um, hmm.
2: Okay. So, so Johnson is uh, after calling Automat has gone on the run, and then apparently his car has been magically because computers are magic in the '80s. <laughs> Tilson can take control of Johnson's car via his Apple II, I've, which is in his hotel room somewhere.
0: I've, 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 my note is Bert is getting the Sontaran car treatment <laughs> from that season four episode.
2: Indeed. <laughs>
0: Just without the drowning.
2: <laughs> <It's> like, oh, <laughs> we've already done Night Riders, so we know how to do sort of the whole self-driving car thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yes, the car's out of control, so uh, Automan uh, gives chase to the out-of-control car, and they manage to uh, bring it to a stop, and they realise it's uh, it's Johnson in there. So uh, Johnson goes to hospital, and the, he's uh, stabilised. So they go back to the computer convention, which apparently is still carrying on through all of this. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's 24-7, it's Las Vegas in there. <laughs> but they've taken all the clocks off so nobody can see what time it is. Everyone's having such a good time at the yeah. computer convention. <laughs> so um they go to uh search uh the room one of the rooms that johnson has booked uh, they stumble across what is uh, an arcade energizer ray which automan says could uh, affect his molecules yes and they find the uh the modem dial-up numbers for all of all of the city's computers yep so that uh, they hear somebody coming so uh also Wally becomes a thing. They merge into the wall, but the tips of their feet, is because the wall isn't thick enough, the tips of Automan's feet are still sticking out of the wall. Yes. So, so, um, so yeah, T- Tilson basically admits to having uh, Johnson bumped off to Eddie, and Ellie's just like, alright. Uh, he suddenly goes, what the hell is that? Because there's a pair of shoes sticking out of the wall. <laughs> um, Ellie grabs the, uh, like, they see him come out the wall and they see, um, like they work out it must be a hologram of some kind, because she's already seen Cursor, which uh, Walter kind of explained away as a hologram thing he was working on. So Eddie gra- Eddie grabs the energizer gun and like, uh, Walter laughs it off, but Automan's like, yeah, no, this that's, that's actually a problem. And, <laughs> and um, Eddie zaps Automan with it, who kind of collapses to the floor. They become unmerged. They attempt to escape in the lift, but Automan says, oh, I'm friends with all the lifts." <laughs> so he, uh, he has the, uh, the lift brought back up And Tilson's arrested and said, But he says it's too late Because the next part of his plan is already in motion And it can't be stopped uh, Tilson wants to be released But um, in return for like uh, being released he, wa- he wants to be released in return For saying what the next part of the plan is And stopping it uh, Jack comes back after chasing down the lead On uh, Mr. Macropolis It turns out he's an entirely made up person Poor guy and the search brought him all the way back to the um, to the police station. And Walter goes, my God, maybe that means that the police station is the next target if, yeah, if everything <laughs> was going to lead you all the way back here. And Jack says, the, the terrible thing is it all makes sense. <laughs> is that... What? No, it doesn't. <laughs> but anyway, um, so the security system in the building locks down. And uh, they work out there's a there's a bomb on the way, so the captain uh, calls for the bomb squad and then yells at them a bit. So go find a bomb. And you know, so the clever part about this is that the, uh, the the bomb at the start of the episode is in the bomb squad's evidence lockup, and uh, what Tilson has done is started a secondary timer. It was um, implanted in it. Yeah. So, uh, Automan says he knows where it is because he can communicate with all the other uh computers in the building apart from one, and he knows where that is. So, they go down to the basement and manage to between them to uh find that there's a little microchip which is controlling the uh the bomb, which Automan manages to sort of reach in and, and put it out and destroy it. And yeah, so Tilson is you know, Tilson's going to jail.
0: What a shame. <laughs>
2: So uh, Automan sort of like uh, saves the day, and then um, later on the captain asks uh, how Walter could have possibly known where the bomb was, what kind of detonator it used, and to successfully defuse it in that time. And uh, Walter's like, oh, well, uh, beginner's luck. Oh, orco. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Wilson, your thoughts on this?
0: Um, if I'd had my drivers, I'd have rather recapped this episode. Cause it was so much more watchable.
2: It, it, it used to be kind of both interesting and boring. Just in so far as sort of like um. These days, there's kind of a visual shorthand for computer crime, right? You know, like you, know, you see it's better be people sort of typing in dark rooms and code flashing over the screen, and you know, but like kind of hacker stuff is still kind of new.
0: Oh, especially in 1984.
2: Exactly. So, uh, so so we haven't quite worked out that visual shorthand. So now you get people more realistically pressing, like, two buttons and just sort of some words appearing on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Blow up building? Yes? Yeah. No? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so, like, while it's it's dealing with things like, you know flooding cities and stuff. At the same time, it's kind of doing it in a really dull way. There's about there's like three people in suits tittering to themselves about like, like, you don't even see them sat at computers that much doing it. You just mm. see the computer. Like it's that, they know it's that dull. They, they really
0: needed Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones running around. <laughs> just just uh, spark some excitement.
2: I want my family back.
0: They kill my
2: wife. I don't care, <laughs> but yeah, but in terms of plot, like this, like this is like Nathan attacking is the perfect thing to get Walter involved in. Oh, absolutely! In fact, yeah, you know, like you could almost say that yeah. You know, if I'd have retooled this as sort of something, yeah, you know, in order to design the show, you. would You'd have Walter being in part of like a like a nascent kind of computer crimes as computer crimes are starting to become a thing. Like a computer crime department is created to fight the against the computer criminals. Yeah, like that would make more sense. You'd have computer based crime every week. Yes. Um,
0: I, or if nothing else, you'd shift this episode like earlier in the season to show Walter as being basically competent. Yeah. As opposed to get halfway through the season and then like, oh, this is why he isn't fired for being such a wet behind the ears prick.
2: Yeah, because like this, I was going to say, Walter's actually not bad in this episode because yeah. the character is written to be working within his field of expertise and he's competent at doing it.
0: Absolutely. Which is why it was not written by Glenn A. Larson.
2: <laughs> there you go. There's There's the problem.
0: I mean, the previous episode wasn't either, nor nor the three before that, (laughs) but in fairness, you know, once we're introduced to what the creator has in mind for the character, um, that's kind of the mould in which he stays in. But as as you say, in this episode, um, I dare
2: say he's half decent. Yeah, like, Automan's sort of involvement makes sense. Mm. Yeah, and it, and it's like it's less about his kind of, like... Um, like, it's more of his ability to be able to sort of teleport places and to interface with computers really easily rather than his action stuff. Like, there is a bit of action when he's sort of chasing down the, uh, like, Johnson speeding car and when he's kind of, like, uh, shutting off the, the floodgates. But it's it's less it's less about that side of things and more of him... Doing sort of computery based stuff, and he's shown to have a definite weakness as well.
0: Yeah. I think, moreover, the strength of the episode is it's pushing over Walter's strengths, and that he's not completely dependent on Also Man, which is what all of the rest of the episodes seem to have been.
2: Yeah. Which, obviously, as a knock on, has like uh, the fact that sort of Also Man has less to do. But like, like but in, in it, of... it,
0: but what he has to do is very defined and specialised.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, sort of like, I think the ideal halfway house would be sort of something that's sort of like computer based, but with occasional bits to show Automan doing other things. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I do, I do still think he's well used in this. But like, not like he, the talents he's had in other episodes up till now are, are kind of very much in the background.
0: It's almost as though it would be best if Walter was kind of desk-based and feeding lines to um, also man out in the field, as sort if of, sort of,
2: sort of like a Jesse and Norman situation.
0: Very, uh, that's very much what I was going for. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah that would
0: work. I've, yeah, yeah. I've, I think so. But again, it's like I think they needed the kind of human connection between Automan, Man, who isn't actually a man. Um, and Walter, as opposed to the fact that uh, Jesse, for all his flaws, is a human, um, and therefore you know he can interact with Norman over the speakers. Yeah. Um. And and they they work from there, but yeah. I, I mean I I don't have very, too much to say about it. So the bollocks line is the one that we were kind of all looking out for. Um
2: but, That that's the one that made me double take. Like, what? But no. then the,
0: the 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 gentleman prefer blonde's line. That was what I kind of underlined. It's just like Oh that is weird. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get you're getting the creator's fetishes into his creation. And oh, Ooh, okay. I mean, again, that's not something that could have been explored in that time slot in whenever it's aired in 1984. Yeah. But very interesting idea at the same time.
2: Yeah, and not just the fact that he's put it in there, but the fact that he knows he's put it in there, is compelled to obey it, but still but doesn't agree with it. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually kind of fascinating. It really is. <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, join in for debates, people. Yeah, as as they say on LBC or talk radio, <laughs> don't don't be scissoring up any masks now. You attention-seeking bastards. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Shall we move into what the orgs have to say?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think. With, I mean, I think overall, I kind of enjoyed this one. I yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a strong episode. It actually, sort of shows a, shows a different direction for the show, and I think it's uh, yeah, it's...
0: it's definitely one of the strongest. Yeah, because it basic, be- because it kind of plays for Walter's strengths, with and in doing so, it doesn't make him annoying, or yes, as annoying as he can be.
2: So yeah, it's like it's almost sort of like. <laughs> Redemption for Desi Arnaz Studio. <laughs> yeah.
0: okay. And by word, it's been needed.
2: <laughs> but let's let's see what the orgs thought about this.
4: Absolutely. Okay, the other episode is the biggest game in town, which I I thought I personally preferred of the two.
5: Oh no, I didn't like this one as yeah. much. I I didn't hate it.
4: I thought the setup was really good, particularly the fact that it's all about you know uh, computer crime and breaking yeah. into computers I mean that's all quite modern and realistic, but obviously at the time it was, most people wouldn't yeah. have known about it, so that was quite forward thinking of them. I was impressed with that. The only thing that wasn't impressive was the usual fact that apparently everything's controlled by computers, even cars I mean obviously that's slightly true today, but it but certainly it wasn't, wasn't then, then. no. <laughs> and that poor old dude from Robocop having his car go all over the place, yeah. 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 Um and
5: it was a bit die hard too as well wasn't it It really? was a
4: bit die hard too but that's not a bad thing necessarily and obviously this is pre die hard 2 isn't it so yeah.
5: I, I do like it when um the captain says the computer is bollocks that was brilliant
4: Wow <laughs> Yeah that was a hang on a bit. rewind did he just say that Yeah we did actually <laughs> rewind it and yes he
5: did I think the reason I didn't enjoy this one as much is because now it's been done a fair few times. In other words, at the time it probably would have felt no, oh, yeah, yeah, but but then it not so much. And I really do find it ridiculously cheesy when Automan talks to all the other computers and they
4: talk back. Yeah, the, him talking yeah. To computers is one thing. When they go, hi, Altman, yeah, like, no, where oh. did you get speech circuits from, Mister Lift? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> and he's done it
5: with cash registers. And he did it in this one. All, yeah. all the machines are saying hello, my it's just. Whereas in the previous one, he didn't have that to the same. Well, You know that wasn't happening in that particular one. It wasn't as no. cheesy as
4: a. Or it was so. But I, I thought I story. thought the sort of actual crime involved was more interesting. Yes. And, and yeah. The actual. Yeah. yeah more was. sort of geared up for Automan rather than just bent cops. I mean that could be in any you know. Yeah. TV no.
5: That, show, that's so. that's true. That's true. The, the sort of the plot of this one was, I think what it was is that the plot of the last one wasn't, in, wasn't as interesting, but the execution was. Hmm. This way round, the plot was more interesting, but for me, it didn't have the level of execution because the computers and, and everything and the lifts talked back and said, hello, Auto Man, and it was just like, oh, fuck off. And when they get defeated with the computer gun.
4: That was math, yes. What, what, what was that supposed <laughs> to be? How was that supposed to work? Best not to.
5: Because their shoes are sticking out the wall. And then it's right, just, and the
4: O'Orco yeah. moment at the end, where right, so give us a reason how you managed to de what you call it a bomb and find just use it. use the if bomb and
5: find it, everything else.
4: Oh, I was just lucky. Yeah, right. Yeah,
5: beginner's luck. Ha Maybe not, eh? No, <laughs> no, it not So yeah, I th- I th- it was the execution of this one that I didn't like as much. Compared to the previous one, but this one was still enjoyable. It wasn't. It wasn't like the fucking limbo dancing.
4: Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Oh well, we look forward to the the next pair of uh, entertaining episodes. Well, they were. they weren't bad this week. No,
5: right? they were all right. Yeah. yeah. Cool.
2: Take
4: care, guys. Bye. 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 Well, yes, that was
2: like, relatively positive. Yes. Um, yes, de- 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 definitely positive. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's almost like the show's finding its footing.
2: Yeah, it's like, like, I know we kind of went on about it a bit at the start of the show, but, like, yeah, I, I must admit, these have been tolerable.
0: Flashes and ashes took me a long time to actually take notes for. I can't lie.
2: Yeah. No, no, I, I, I can imagine if you were actually writing down the plot. Yeah possibly want to lose the will to live
0: I I very much would have wanted to have recapped this particular episode Yeah. but no to my duty by God and the Queen (laughs) I have to make some kind of narrative sense of flashes and ashes and um, Lord knows I gave it a college try Dave
2: In its defence, it wasn't written with your um, ability to recap it in mind. So I, don't, I, like, I wasn't
0: um, even born at the time, so how could they have? Them. How could they have foreseen? But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no. I mean, in fairness, it, I mean, even with that in mind, um, it re- it really wasn't the worst episode. Um, and no, I mean, generally, I'd hope. Um, that we carry on in this kind of vein. Um, I've got all the titles up in front of me on Wikipedia, with with capsule synopses and without. I mean, I don't think they spoil anything. But in our penultimate episode, in our November episode, Dave, we we're, yeah. we're, we're going to we're going to cover an episode called Zippers.
2: Yeah, I I noticed that. I I I do have vague, very vague memories of zippers.
0: I'll I'll just read out the synopsis because it's only a sentence long. Okay. Also, man goes undercover as an erotic dancer in a ladies-only strip club. Yep. So we just have to get through October, (laughs) and then it will it will come up, so to speak. Um, in our November episode,
2: yes, <laughs> yes, that's that's a thing.
0: Yes, I mean, Wait, we, should we
2: should we put a clip in here because that's the format? I
0: mean, we we can just for the sake <laughs> of the format. There's not very much to add, but um, yes, sure. Lyman's getting out of the car, and there's Cole. Well, what say?
3: Shall we join them? capital idea Watson I thought you were
0: Watson so thank you for listening to another TAPOW um, I hope you've enjoyed it uh, you can get in contact with us as the orgs did uh, by sending us an email at TAPOW at earth-2.net that's TAPOW at earth-2.net two.net. And uh, we do have a Facebook page. Um, Lord knows if there's anything on there. I've not checked. I don't know if Dave has. No. Uh,
2: <laughs> it's in ve- it's in a very, a very poor state of repair. Very, <laughs> but
0: we do get notifications. So if you do post something there, something will come up.
2: Yeah. We'll, we'll probably see it. Yeah. But we don't, we don't blame you if you don't post anything there, because you know, we've been pretty slack on it. Yeah. Absolutely. As, we, as, as we have been in general with most things to do with this podcast, I, 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 I for one make no apology for it. I'm having fun.
0: <laughs> you know, we don't get paid to do this and there's, there's no money involved. So, you know, it's all yeah. amateur and we'll take a thoroughly amateur approach. So screw Absolutely. you.
2: And frankly, we're only going to become more amateurish as time passes. Absolutely. That's age for you. Yep.
0: Yeah, but uh, next month uh, we'll be covering two more episodes of uh, Auto Man. Unfortunately, Zippers will have to wait for another month. But um, I don't know, I, there, there are still uh, interesting uh, tidbits to be had of uh, okay. the next two episode titles, which are Renegade Run and Murder
2: MTV. See, that sounds interesting. Renegade Ronda sounds like the most generic title.
0: Well, that's a shame because you're recapping that one.
2: Yep, I'm aware of this. (laughs) Whereas
0: I get Murder MTV. Sounds fun.
2: (laughs) That's the one because that means I get zippers. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Contextless (laughs) outtake. Excellent. Great. Well, uh, until the month of October... Um, when my holiday will be over and um, Dave, who knows what Dave's up to but least of all me but we'll be back in October so uh, by all means uh, keep in touch if, uh, if you, you deign to experience Also Man if not presently as we record but if you're listening to this from the future then by all means get in contact with us and let me know what you think but uh, otherwise uh, we'll see you next month uh, so from myself Ian Wilson and from me Dave promise thank you very much for listening to twice as bright, half as long
1: can I help
3: you? the computer is bollocks still. To-
1: All right.
0: Ice as bright, half as long presents. Automan, Man, Flashes and Ashes, and The Biggest Game in Town.
2: <laughs> Sorry, if you. There are sometimes I can tell just from you doing the introduction <laughs> before you've even. Started, just saying the names of the episodes. Oh, I've got a good idea what he thinks of these. <laughs> <laughs> like I know you're trying to be mutual. No, not mutual, neutral, not neutral, neutral. like Every so often, just sort of like I think the, the disdain just fights its way through the professional demeanour. I, I think you've misread me on on this well, occasion. I, sir. I, in which case, I, I will happily be proved wrong. It'd be interesting.
0: Mm. Indeed, indeed.
2: Especially no,
0: um, no. I'll keep my powder. <laughs> I'll Fair keep